0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It is always game day Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and get ready for a happy, healthy new year. We are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling service. All right, Daryl. So um, we are in a, a, a great state, uh, hopefully a whiteout on Thursday night as the Browns take on the Jets. Uh, there are so many good storylines in this game, but the biggest one is win and you are in. Yeah, it's uh,
2: the first time really since uh, the team came back. Well, no. Okay, well, let's go 2002. They beat the Atlanta Falcons, but then they had to sit around uh, until like 7, 8 o'clock at night to find out whether or not they were able to get into the playoffs at 9 and 7. So this is really the first win and in scenario for Browns fans with a capacity crowd. Um, remember in 2020, uh, they won the season finale, but there were only 6,000 fans in the stands uh, because right. of COVID. So uh, this will be the first time that uh, fans can actually enjoy a playoff-like atmosphere at Cleveland Brown Stadium. They're on the lakefront since the team came back. Uh, as you mentioned, it's uh, the team has asked for a whiteout. They're going to be wearing the all-white. Ah, uh, uniforms, the helmet, the 1946 uh, throwback jersey, and of course white pants. And so they want fans to participate uh, and uh, you know wear white. There's also, I guess, something uh, with the the team app or something to light up the stadium or whatever. Uh, they do a pretty good job with those primetime games. It's usually pretty cool when you <clears throat> they turn out all the lights in the stadium and everyone's got you know got their their phones out and they got the light going and and things like that. So they're going to I guess be doing something. Uh, special there but uh, I did have to laugh Andy on uh, on Tuesday when Kevin Stefanski basically had to remind Browns fan not to get too lit for the game so that they would be (laughs) so that they would be uh, shall we say or as he put it available in the fourth quarter when they're needed the most so (laughs) he had to in his own way remind fans yeah let's not get too bleep-faced before the game here so that you're at full capacity come the fourth quarter but it should be an exciting atmosphere i mean look we we've had the world series here right we we know mm-hmm. what the field is like uh, in those moments we've obviously had the nba finals and seen the cavaliers win an nba championship uh, we know what rocket mortgage fieldhouse is like in those moments right uh, mm-hmm. th- i think this is going to be the first time uh, browns fan gets you know gets pretty loud and we we've had that in Small increments uh, at that stadium, but I think this is the first time where we're going to get it for all four quarters. Should be a real exciting atmosphere.
1: You know, to celebrate this game before we even got to it, you 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 started thinking, or you just brought up like a great memory in my mind of playoff atmosphere. And just I just remember going back to '86 and being at the game when the Browns beat the Jets. Mark Gaston had a personal fall at the end of the game, and then that would propel the Browns into the AFC Championship that year. And I think about that game against yeah. the Jets. And it's interesting that you bring that. Then I watched Hot Tub Time Machine uh, yesterday too, just to make sure that the Browns.
2: John Elway did not complete that touchdown pass.
1: Yeah, that that led to other things in the movie, but I just started, uh, you good. started thinking about that. But uh, again, like, like the movie Major League, that might be one of the greatest moments in Browns history came from the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. I, unfortunately, I'm the only guy that ever brings that up or remembers that. All right, so the Browns have some things going on, though, going into this game. Daryl, who's punting? Who's kicking?
2: Uh, Well, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the regulars, unfortunately. (coughs) Uh, So, and and this is a domino effect. So Dustin Hopkins uh, injured his left hamstring while trying to chase down the 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown.
1: Did we learn a lesson on that? Like, should kickers just not even bother?
2: Well, no, because they are football players and, you know... (laughs) It,
1: <laughs> you don't want to go in the locker room and say, hey, dude, you just you laid wow. down on that. I get that. Yeah. I understand both of it. There's but a, man, a- I, give him the seven at that point, because when I saw Hopkins running, I was like, oh, boy. And
3: especially what?
2: because it's on that it's on that terrible turf, right? That yes,
1: yes, does. yes. So
2: he pulls his hamstring, which means Corey Bohorquez has to kick off. And then what happens? Corey Bohorquez injures his left quadriceps, kicking off. So now the domino effect, right? Um you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson, oh, by the way, is on injury reserve. Oh, yeah, I
1: forgot about that one too.
2: He's on he's on a crutch in the locker room Tuesday morning. And PJ Walker now is your backup quarterback. Um partially because, well, he got hit a a few too many times when he he went in. And then Joe Flacco had to go back in. So I think it was a combination. Things were slipping away a little bit, and then also. Well, too, I also,
1: although it was a 14-point game, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, they went first-team offense and first-team defense.
2: Yeah, you had to put the starters back in, so uh, the Browns unfortunately could not properly blow a team out, uh, which kind of sucks. But it, it, at least it wasn't a uh, a, a last two-minute nail biter. So the new they they have a new kicker, uh, and that's Riley Patterson. Um, he's got 37 games under his belt with the lions and Jaguars, uh, 58, of 66 career field goal tries 87 of 90 on PATs. He was with the lions this year, uh, uh appeared in 13 games, made 15 of 17 field goals. So that seems to be a pretty, solid pick up there. And then Daryl, uh, tell
1: me how bad he is a- a outside of 50. Just say he's horrible. Say he's the worst kicker you've ever seen outside of 50 yards. Please tell me that because that is the kiss of love, not death. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> does that work for you? <laughs> yes. Let's, let's flashback back to when Daryl said the Dustin Hopkins couldn't hit one after 50. Oh, that was the greatest line in the history of um, it's always game day in Cleveland. You were so depressed when they brought you like, this guy can't hit one over 50. And that's all he's done since he got here. So hopefully he gets healthy to get him back for next week. Is there a possibility he can get back for next week?
2: It, I, I don't think so because Kevin Stefanski did not seem very optimistic when he was asked if he was going to be ready for uh, the playoffs. And Stefanski was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. So that, that wasn't the best of um, confidence boosters, if you will. Uh, Just so you know, in the uh, Patterson sucks from beyond 50 yards department. Yes,
1: yes. Doesn't matter what he is. I don't care if he's in every one. He
2: he has the exact percentage that Dustin Hopkins came to Cleveland with. 50% career make. He is three for six. So he sucks from beyond 50. There. Is that (laughs) –
1: well,
2: here's the thing. I feel terrible because, you know, there's a segment of Browns fans that are blaming me for Dustin Hopkins' injury now because
1: – I'm not going to say that I wasn't thinking the same thing well, before. Well, see,
2: here's the thing. I was the third person that day to approach him, to talk – I was ah, not the first. Uh, I was I'll the watch. only one that was willing to actually put the video out there because <laughs> – Yeah, Dustin
1: but if you're going into this weird world, third time's a charm, bro. If you're the third time, I know, it's on you.
2: So, so uh, I – You know how many
1: back- no-hitters I've I personally – blown up. You ruined,
2: you've ruined? Many oh, I've destroyed
1: hitters. so many no-hitters. I don't like to say <laughs> you, it. I'll be honest with Feller. you. <laughs> Bob we're
2: Feller. Bob Feller was worst. walking up and down the press box yelling, no-hitter,
1: no-hitter, no-hitter, no-hitter. All right, I'm going to give you the ultimate jinx story. Meredith is going to love this. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. So uh, back in the day when I was traveling with the Indians, Brian Anderson is a super friend of the show on um, CLE Talking Heads, right? He's super friend of the show. So we're in Arlington, Texas, and I've got a cab, and I'm sitting in front of the hotel, and I'm getting ready to go over to the ballpark at Arlington at the time. And all of a sudden, Brian Anderson and um, Jake Westbrook walk out, and they look at me, and they go, hey, are you going to the ballpark? I'm like, yeah. He goes, come on, we'll we'll share the cab. I said, okay. So all three of us get in the cab. It was my first year, I think, or second year of doing this, and I finally had access to Stats, Inc., because I didn't have them when I first started. And I had all these great stats (laughs) in front of me, and we were just talking about the game for a second, and I forgot that Jake was starting. And oh uh, I was like, oh, oh man. I'm like, God, this the air is so weird here. It's so hot during the day. Man, the ball just flies out of this ballpark. I mean, I got to tell you, this stadium right now, like there's no other stadium in Major League Baseball that's surrendering or more home runs
3: oh, than, man. <laughs>
1: than this ballpark. So, and Jake was totally cool about it. They never said a word about it. Didn't even think about it. Probably right. wasn't even listening to me when I said it. We got out of the car, and as Meredith knows, B.A. and I are really good friends still to this day. Our kids went to school together and stuff. And uh, he laid into me harder than anyone's ever laid into me in professional sports talking about. You can't put negative thoughts into a pitcher's head before the game. And I was like, oh, he's starting. Damn. So I'm telling you, I spent, Daryl, I spent nine, or I think he went like seven that night sweating bullets. He did not give up a home run that night. Oh,
2: man. And I'm all
1: telling you, I was sweating bullets all night thinking that it was my fault that Jake Westbrook was giving up home runs that night.
2: Well, that is like one. It's a little different. You were stuck in a cab with him, but there, that is the one of the uh, unwritten written rules when covering baseball is day of game. You do not speak to the starting pitcher in the clubhouse. It
1: depends on the pitcher, Daryl. It depends on some pitchers come out and talk. They don't care. Like Kevin Millwood was the great. Kevin was like, why aren't you guys talking to me? What what, yeah. what do I, have? do I have some kind of disease or something? Stay. I don't care. No, you, you don't... You're pitching tonight, bro. We're not supposed <laughs> to talk to you. Yeah, but you know what? I that's just it's garbage. If a pitcher wants to talk, he's going to talk. Well, it's just so- this whole media fence to let you know that you you aren't really in the club because you can't say you can say good luck to a pitcher on a night that he's pitching. Who cares? It's so stupid. That is so dumb. So the Browns added the the Browns' new punter is in the name Hall of Fame. By the way. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, sure.
2: He's quite the hack. Mad hack. And that's your new punter. <laughs> uh, and, and it is a
1: good year for kickers though. It's a I great mean,
2: year to be a kicker. Um, I'm a huge
1: Dicker fan myself. Dicker the kicker is my one yeah, of my favorites. So he's on my fantasy team as well.
2: He uh, he has a little history of Bubba Ventrone. So this is the incestuous nature of the NFL 101 here. Uh, he kicked for Bubba Ventron last year with the Indianapolis Colts, so that's why he's here. Uh, he's got 98 career games under his belt. The average is 44 and a half yards per punt. Uh, 100 and, uh, or I should say 16 uh, punts downed inside the the 20. Um, here's the this here's why this stuff matters though. In the course of Thursday night's game, aside from the fact you're going to see these guys. Uh It matters from a roster manipulation standpoint because you're allowed two practice squad elevations for the game. While both of these guys were signed to the practice squad this week, those are going to be your practice squad elevations. So you're not elevating any extra linebackers. You're not elevating (laughs) any uh, extra uh, safeties or defensive linemen or offensive linemen. You're going to have to use both of your practice squad elevations for the Jets game, not for roster depth, but for your specialists. And I think that's subtle. Wait, so and, explain,
1: Daryl, I want you to explain this on the other side of the break because my dryer is squeaking, so I want to turn that off and we can get a second, take a break here for a second. Um, explain to me that, can you actually have a 55-man roster going into game days? Hold that thought. It's always game day in Cleveland.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,